Rebels, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial. I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L. And today's episode, we're really focusing on the cycles of death and rebirth, y'all. Because when I'm telling you, I am going through a season of really dying to my old self and reemerging in a new way. And it's interesting because when I first started this metaphysical practice, I felt that way in the beginning. Like I was like, oh, my old self is dying and I'm reemerging as this new powerful goddess. Yet this cycle of incarnation, if you want to call it, this cycle of death and rebirth, it really continues for ever. Like it really continues forever. It doesn't just stop that first time you become awakened or that second time you become awakened. It really continues over and over and over again, especially as we align more deeply with ourselves, as we align more deeply with what's happening in the cosmos, as we align more deeply in what's happening really in the collective here on planet earth. And I must say that right now, We are entering into a season for me where I'm really embracing and embodying this title as Master L and this designation, if you will, of Master L. So for the past year, a little over a year, I've been training in Tai Chi with the Body and Brain Organization. And I've just been really sharing that journey as much as possible, especially in recent months, because it's been such a powerful transformation for me, really going from someone who was very people-pleasing, very insecure, masking, like I'm masking a lot of how I feel to project this image of confidence, of you know, superior ability of genius, when in reality, I was really doubting all those things about myself when in actuality, they are true. Like, I definitely am a capable, confident human being. Yet, for some reason, there was this really deep seated sense of unworthiness that I felt for a long time. And as I was doing the metaphysical work uh, and starting my metaphysical practice several few years ago, several years ago, I would really utilize affirmations to, to speak over, reprogram thoughts that I was thinking, sayings that judgments that I would levy on myself or even others to try to, to see myself in a more honest, true, divine way. Like see myself through the eyes of source. A lot of people love to say that. How do you, do you see people through the eyes of source? doesn't really matter if you see people through the eyes of source, if you don't see yourself through the eyes of source. So that's really a lot of the work that I started doing were the affirmations. And those affirmations in a sense were a dying of my old self that really spoke ill of myself. I used to, I, I will never forget I um, was going through a really tough time and I was journaling and I literally wrote in my journal, I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. 
You know, I'm saying this because this is real. These are this is real truth for me. And this is at a time when, you know, I was a new mother, I was in a wobbly relationship, I was having a huge challenges with my family, also learning how to take care and uh, be a caretaker for my mother. And I hated the situation that I was in and I blamed myself for it. And on some levels, like, yeah, like we create our reality. So I created this reality in many ways, but not knowing that I had to go through that difficult time, that difficult journey to really emerge in a space of of strength and courage and gratitude, if you will, because that takes really a lot of time to get to that gratitude aspect. And so I wrote in my journal, I hate myself. And so I really had to reprogram how I spoke to myself. I had to reprogram how I I talked about my experiences until I really start to embody it and to feel it. And I have to credit the Tai Chi and the yoga prior to the Tai Chi for introducing me to the embodiment of the divine love for self. I have to really say it that way. And it really started January of 2021 when I did the 30-day yoga challenge at Black Swan Yoga here in Houston, and then immediately jumped on the yoga teacher training program that they had at Black Swan, which pretty much had me doing yoga practices every day, if not twice a day, and then on weekends, and still dealing with challenges with my son and his health. And his father, who was not supportive of the way I was taking care of Harlow, um, if anything, was very judgmental and almost vindictive or vengeful around it. And, you know, that's a subject for a different day. And yoga really taught me how to get more into my body, really learned, taught me how to breathe because I needed to learn that first. Yoga really taught me how to breathe. And I didn't realize how often when we are anxious, when we are going through struggling times, how we hold our breath and we shallow breathe. We, we sometimes don't even breathe from our lungs. We're like breathing in our throats. It's so shallow. And the key to really getting into the body is breathing from the lowest part of your body, your, uh, your second chakra, your sacral chakra, your lower abdomen. For women, that's our womb. That's our uterus. For men, it's also the womb energy. And so I am really, really grateful for that experience of having gone through a lot of the challenging times, the traumatic times, the heartbreaks, the heartaches, the betrayals, the lies. Ooh, you name it. I done been through it. (laughs) It's really important because words don't teach. And you know, I love um, my girl, Abraham Hicks. I'm going to meet her one day. She's going to probably be on this podcast one day. And I love how she always articulates that words don't teach because we have to have the experience. We have to have the embodiment of what we're going through to really feel through it and learn it. It's almost like the branding. When you're branded, it's etched into your, your skin. It's etched into your DNA, the experience of the pain, the burn. It's really etched into your mind. And that's what experiences do for us. And especially for me, because I, you know, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I get at everything the hard way. And that's not to say that that's a path for everyone. It just happened to be my soul journey. Like this was the journey that I chose. And for me, pretty unconsciously, (laughs) 
<laughs> until I came through it and I'm conscious of, okay, I see why I had to go through that for my soul. And that's essentially the work is recognizing these experiences as part of our journey, as part of our lessons, as part of our, our education. And of course, I'm the meta business millennial. I'm the double time Harvard grad, double time University of Texas at Austin grad. And I, I love to intellectualize everything and think through everything, logicalize everything, because that's just how my mind has been programmed and it, and it works. It's wired. And so I had to do a lot of that rewiring through the yoga practice, through the Tai Chi practice. And when I finished my yoga teacher journey and coming out of the trauma that I had with Harlow and his dad, I really abandoned it. You know, I have to be honest. I abandoned it. I abandoned my commitment to really honoring my body and help with healthy foods and supplements and things like that, because I also dealt with some challenges with my mom and her health at the time. And then I came across uh, Master Yana, who is my teacher at Body and Brain, at an event with Elizabeth McCartney, who's one of my, my soul mentors. She has a soul synergy, and she's also been on this podcast. And I am so grateful for that introduction because I had a little bit of snooty naughtiness. <laughs> you, know, you know, I had just come out of my yoga practice, and then I get to this yoga tai chi studio, and I'm like, I'm already a yoga teacher. Like, what more do I need to learn? And whoa. <laughs> whoa is the word because there was so much more I needed to learn like so much more like I'm still feeling like a beginner even though I'm a master because this journey is just so deep it's really infinite and that's the beauty of it and I started with my one-on-one lessons with Master Yana and we would be doing our tapping doing our donjon tapping and, you know at the end of our sessions you'd be like okay Aaron tell me how you feel And then I just go off about all the things that I was going through and, you know, what this person did to me and what that person did to me and how I responded. And there was no getting into my body. Like it took me a few months before I was even like, oh, I feel like I'm hitting myself (laughs) because in the beginning I was literally so numb in my gut region and my core region from essentially moving through life like this, like a tight ball of yarn, just like suppressing my emotions, suppressing my feelings to the point that I literally had no feelings. And what they call it in the Tai Chi practice is sensitizing. So the first step for me was sensitizing my body and really allowing my body to feel again. And it's such a powerful thing because we're in the age of painkillers. We're in the age of numbing. We're in the age of doing everything to eliminate pain. And that is unfortunate because pain is our body's way of communicating to us. And I say that in the most humble way because I've experienced it. I am experiencing it. And learning that communication with pain and that engagement with pain so that I can learn from my pain, I can grow with my pain, I can evolve past the pain, if I can say that. (laughs) And this is what Tai Chi has and is teaching me in a very powerful way. And I, and I have to say that my path in Tai Chi accelerated very quickly because 
Um, I engaged this workshop called Finding Your True Self, Finding True Self. There's a practice where we had to write down our judgments against ourselves, like the three things that maybe we hear people say about us or that we say bad, negative things we say to ourselves. And then we had to stand in front of other masters and yell it at them like we were yelling at ourselves. And this to me was, I believe, the catalytic moment for me. Like it was like, it was after this practice that I realized how much anger I carry against myself. And I have to breathe through that because a lot of it was around Harlow and, you know, the challenges I went through, custody challenges I went through with his dad and with Harlow's health, his digestive issues, which, you know, were pretty uh, major at one point, but really evolved and, and healed. And now it's completely healed in time. And I knew that it was going to take a little time, but in that acute moment, it feels so big that it almost feels insurmountable. And I'm saying this because I know that there are people out there who are going through challenges that really feel insurmountable to the point where you're like contemplating, like, am I even going to live through this? Because that was essentially my, you know, my challenge. Like, can I really even survive the, the, the shit that is this rela- this relationship, this situation, everything, this position as a mother, I was just struggling with all of the doubts. And so yelling that at myself, whoo, that was uh, scary for me to see like, and even share after the practice that, hey, I actually have never even experienced this emotion before, less known towards myself. And let me be clear with y'all that when we're experiencing emotions, especially outward emotions, everything starts within. So for us to be feeling strong hatred towards someone or a large group or feeling disappointment or elation or happiness, whatever the emotion is, it originates with us first. And so for me, that was an awakening moment that, wow, Erin, you have a lot of anger and judgment towards yourself. Like that was the first awakening. And essentially that has been what I've been working on healing essentially among so many other things for the past year or so. So when I'm saying right now in terms of like the death and started with saying around the death rebirth cycle, it is around me in this moment feeling like that aspect of me is dead. Like that aspect of me that that hated on myself, that judged myself, that criticized myself and wanted to perfectionize myself. That part of me is really gone. And For once, I'm feeling such a wholeness within myself, an honoring of myself, a love, a deep, 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 deep admiration and love for myself. I'm so grateful for this awareness now because just like onions, y'all know Donkey from Shrek. Yeah, (laughs) from Shrek, you got to peel back those layers. There's likely something else that I'm going to uncover right now, you know, this new phase of, of living and existing, yet I am moving into this space now where that deep-seated criticism and ridicule and judgment and anger towards myself is dissipating. 
And I must say, it feels so good. It feels so, so good to be in a space where that aspect of me is really starting to mellow out. And to just speak a little bit more deeply around what this death and rebirth can mean for you or for me is it takes, first of all, awareness. So I brought that up. I went to that Finding True Self workshop. I spoke over myself to myself in a way that was so angry and scary that it woke me up. And really, I had to nurture that aspect of myself. So people are always like, okay, what do I do next? Now that I'm aware of my anxious mind, my worried mind, my fearful mind, is just to watch it. You have to watch that aspect of yourself because it manifests in so many different ways. And you're going to want to see like, oh, wow, like I was just doing a run around the track. Like this was my, my awakening. Like I'm just running around the track, the trail at Memorial. Why am I trying to race with the person in front of me? <laughs> Literally, this is me. Oh, wow. I have a competition mindset. And this is something that I was trying to heal at the time too, was this competitor mindset, because this is something that was really programmed deeply into me as a competitive swimmer, a competitive cross-country athlete and business. Come on now, we even call the people that are in our industry, our competitors. So the language that we use in our behavior and how we treat each other fundamentally breeds competition. And a lot of people look at this as healthy. Like they literally say healthy competition when in reality competing against someone, trying to be best at something or win or kill it could be some of the most destructive behaviors in my view. And so I question that about myself. I question that competitive nature in me because why am I trying to compete with this lady or this man on the trail who I don't even know? You know, it's really about running my own race. And that's something, too, that coaches would always say, too, like, run your own race, Aaron, run your own race, focus on your form, focus on your breath, focus on what you're doing, yet constantly looking side to side, constantly seeing what somebody else is doing, like, that has been a programming of mine, a, a, a modus operandi of mine, if you will, comparing, and that comparison game is a painful one. Like, even for me, that's what kept me so anxious and insecure about social media and sharing on social media because I'm constantly comparing my likes and my followers to somebody else who is in their own lane. You know what I'm saying? And so it's really about seeing these aspects of ourselves. And for me, and I have no shame in sharing now because this was my path. This was my journey. I had to see these aspects of myself. And these are ugly aspects of myself. I didn't want to see this. I didn't want to see that I'm trying to compete with my friends or com compete with this person over here or, or feeling this, this fierce anger or, or all of these ugly things. I would say I had been conditioned to believe these things were ugly, but these are fundamental aspects of consciousness. You know, as I always talk about with my clients and friends around the map of consciousness, which was created by Dr. David Hawkins. And as you rise up the map of consciousness, like anger, <laughs> anger and pride are actually pretty close to the tipping point for courage. Even other folks, other teachers talk about going from feelings of apathy, guilt, shame to anger is growth. Okay, 
So let me just encourage you listeners who may be resonating with these stories that I'm telling and you're feeling anger or you're feeling prideful or competitive about something that you are on the right track, my friend. So don't ever doubt where you are, doubt where you at, doubt where you're going, because these are, I mean, there's levels to this shit. You know, we hear it every day. We hear it in rap songs. We hear it in spirituality. There's levels to it. And so we really need to experience every level to understand and overstand and fundamentally understand every aspect of that emotion, of that experience, of that being, if you will, to really graduate to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't graduate if you don't pass your tests. So if you don't understand the inner workings of an angry mind, if you don't understand the inner workings of a, of a deceitful mind, a competition mind, or a jealous mind, then how are you going to evolve past it? And so that's why I am very encouraging in feeling through all of the emotions that you have, all of the ugly emotions that you have, all of the bad emotions, the painful emotions that you have, because as you watch them and see how they come up, see when they come up, and then eventually start to nurture them and embrace them and say, you know what? I see you, angry mind. You know, I love you, angry mind. I I embrace you, anxious mind. I embrace you, worried mind. Then you start to evolve past that energy. Because you're like, okay, this is this is natural. This is what comes up for me, but I don't have to fall into it. And that's the work, the falling into it. Because when we are, you know, practicing Tai Chi, we do oftentimes poses. Everyone's favorite, the sleeping tiger. I used to call it the crouching tiger, hidden dragon. <laughs> but it's called the sleeping tiger where you lie on your back and you know, your palms are lifted and straight, your arms are straight, your legs are bent, your feet are, 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 are your ankles are, are slightly flexed, your toes are pointed back so you can receive energy through the energy points on your feet and through your hands, the energy accumulation posture. And I remember we would do it for like 10 minutes. I'd be like, this is so hard. And then it got to the point where we were in our course, our brain management training in our Don Master training or at the mastery level, where we're holding the posture for 30 minutes. And it gets to the point where you start to fall asleep in it. Like you really start to relax into it. And that is essentially evolving past the pain. When you're in the pain and you can relax in that shit, you know what I'm saying? You can relax in that hope. You know, it don't really phase you like that because you know that it's temporary. It's just a signal from the brain and it's communication that, wow, I'm uncomfortable. Okay, well, I'm just going to sit here and be uncomfortable. Like, how many of us actually say, and then how many of us actually do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we just try to escape the uncomfortable as quick as we can. And that's a mind, you know? It's just like, ah, this is awkward. I got to get out of here. You know? <laughs> like, that was totally me. And now moving into this, like I relish in awkward moments, like I don't have to speak. I don't have to fill the space. I don't have to be seen. Like if it's awkward, I can chill. 
This is really fun work, actually, when you start to get into it, because it's like a game in a way. Like you really start to test yourself because remember, y'all, this is your path. This is your soul journey. This is your growth. So everyone around you in many ways are players in your game. And so to worry about or to even think about or to reflect on what other people are thinking about you or what other people are saying about you, I know it. Trust me, I know it because I am the consummate, I was the consummate people pleaser. I understand when people create that fear mechanism, like, wow, they're going to judge me or they're going to think this about me. Like, embrace that fear. Embrace it. And just say, you at the end of the day, I love myself and I love what I'm doing. I love how I'm being. I love how I'm feeling. I love how the expansion is making me take these risks. Speak over yourself in those moments. Nurture yourself in those moments because that is how you evolve. That is how you grow. That is how you get to the millions, the billions. That is how you get to the level of enlightenment. And this is the work, the death, the rebirth, the remembering. I love this word remember because member on its own represents like parts of the bodies. And like, I know y'all remember probably from Austin Powers, like the male member, but like member literally is defined as like a body part specifically. And so when you remember, it's like you're reassembling the different parts When you're remembering, you're reassembling those different aspects of yourself that you tried to run from, or you tried to suppress, or you tried to hide, or you tried to mask. And I know that was the case for me. So when I'm remembering myself, I'm putting all of these pieces back together because at the end of the day, they're not me, but they're still mine. Like this is my, this is my trauma. You know, this is, my pain as a little girl. You know, this is my experience as a young adult. This is my toxic work environment that I had have engaged in. And I own it because these are my experiences, but they don't make me. It's not me, but they're mine. They're my experiences. And so this is really the work and practice that I've started to embody and embrace in my Tai Chi, in my work with my mentors, my psychic mentors, my channeling mentors, my Reiki mentors, and helping me to grow and really die to the self that didn't want to own those aspects of herself. <laughs> I didn't want to own those aspects of myself, even though they were a fundamental part of me. And so I, I really encourage you to, to sit with that that remembering and sit in knowing that as you remember yourself, as you delve deeper within yourself, that you are evolving, you are growing, and you are more deeply loving yourself. You are more deeply honoring yourself and you are more deeply being yourself. I love that. You are more deeply being yourself. You can kind of start to wrap up here because I'm feeling like the energy has really moved through me and what you know I was meant to kind of channel today is really about the death and rebirth cycle and understanding too that it's very much like a butterfly 
Like butterflies are my favorite. They're first of all, very beautiful and delicate, yet their journeys are like fucking traumatic. Like, <laughs> like you start as this really fat caterpillar that can die any moment. Like someone can step on you, squash you, a little bird can come by and pick you up and eat you. You know, like you are so vulnerable. Oh my God. Like, and then you have to just eat all day. You have to find food sources all day. You're just eating, eating, eating. And so like, <laughs> it's not an easy journey to become a butterfly. Like, you know, I don't know the numbers, the figures, but I can imagine that <laughs> to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly is probably not an easy one. But what's really happening in that caterpillar journey is the remembering that, wow, I'm a butterfly. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep eating. I'm going to keep dodging, you know, these predators, which is very similar to life. These negative energies, these negative entities, these hating ass people, hating ass friends, whatever it is, family members. And I'm going to keep eating and focusing on the day that I can really metamorphosize, transform into a butterfly. Like, I will be able to fly. I will be so beautiful. People will admire me. Like, there are so many beautiful attributes to the butterfly. I'll be colorful. I'll be free. I'll be light as a feather. I can go wherever I want to go. I can be and do whatever I want to do. But I'm going to just keep all these legs. I got to carry this heavy body. I got to walk on as a caterpillar. Like, this is it. And so that is the death and rebirth cycle. And as we reach that point where we've eaten enough and we've gone through enough trauma, we've gone through enough pain and we can really rest in our cocoon, that's when we come to know our true self. That's when we come to really acknowledge who we are. It's, it almost feels like how my trip was to Korea recently where I'm literally shedding all of these old aspects of myself and resting in a knowing of who I am, like really spending time with myself, meditating with myself, watching my my strong emotions and being comfortable in that cocoon. And now emerging as a butterfly yet again, because that cycle of birth and death and rebirth happens throughout our lives in this life and also throughout our energetic lives because just like Murphy's Law, energy never dies. It can neither be created nor destroyed. So we have to really recognize ourselves as these energetic beings who can never die, who can never be destroyed. So the cycle will always continue. The cycle will always continue. Okay, you guys, I hope that this really resonates with your soul. And I started to get a little deep in my feelings and my emotions for a little bit. So I hope that really took y'all on a journey to really understand where you are, what you're going through, and how you can come out of it with love, with grace, with gratitude, with appreciation. Come on now. These are all the things we want in our lives. These are all the things I want in my life. Peace, joy, come on now, <laughs> enlightenment, wealth, abundance, prosperity. 
These are the attributes we need to be speaking over ourselves and honoring for ourselves and knowing that it is our birthright to to really embody and embrace these aspects of ourselves. And this is what the Metabusiness Millennial Podcast is about. This is what the Metabusiness World Work is about. So definitely check out more of what we're offering at themetabusiness.world. Of course, you can continue to follow me at I am Erin Patton across platforms, social media platforms. And of course, follow me on YouTube, like, subscribe, review the podcast, share it with your friends. We really love you. I truly love you and appreciate you watching this, supporting this, rocking with it, riding with it, because this is how we create a collective consciousness that is really steeped in love and a new earth paradigm that really can sustain the love vibration. So thank you again. Thank you. (laughs) And peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com to find all the show notes, links and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.